You're listening to a Sovereign Hope Church podcast with pastor and teaching elder Adam Vinson. We are extremely thankful to have Chris and Melissa with us this morning. For those that uh, maybe aren't aware, Chris and Melissa are two from our church that we have um, helped support over in Uganda for the past year. They left last October and just got back this week from uh, spending a year there working with Grace for Education. Um, I'm going to let Chris um, share a little bit specifically about Grace for Education when he comes. Um, Let's see if I can get his PowerPoint up. There we go. Um, So I think Chris is going to go first and share, and then Melissa after that. And then, like I said, tonight um, we have the opportunity to have our fall fellowship, and we wanted to use that as a welcome home party uh, for both Chris and Melissa as well. So I'm going to invite Chris to come and share. I'm going to give him the mic so that we can... Um, record for those that aren't here today as well. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my Lord, my Redeemer. Amen. All right. Um, Most of you know about Grace for Education, uh, but for the ones that I am just meeting um, this time, um, our mission, uh, Grace for Education, is a nonprofit organization that seeks to lend grace to young men and women in Uganda uh, through biblical discipleship and support for education local univer- by through local universities and vocational schools. So um, that is our uh, mission: discipleship, expository teaching, training the. Um, um, students in the word. John seventeen seventeen says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And it's so important um, with the conditions of Uganda um, that they have the word of Christ. Um, it's important all over the world, but with the trials that the people endure there, um, and it's been amazing. Um, so I wanted to... Uh, just to let you know, I've been going over to Uganda for 10 years, and I am so excited that this was the first time I got on the plane without getting, without crying. So my goal, I'm going to start off with something a little funny so I can um, hopefully accomplish today without, yeah. Okay, um, top 10 uh, ways you know you are in Uganda, okay? Number 10, chickens. Dogs and birds are your new alarm clock. Uh, Number nine, it takes two and a half hours to go 20 miles. Um, Number eight, white ants and grasshoppers become a snack for you. Um, A flat tire, a water pump stolen, no electricity or no water is one day's adventure. Number six, when an unexpected visitor comes for a day's visit, or for that matter, a few days, Number five, when someone says it's just near, expect a two- or three-hour journey, and that happened. Um, Number four, when you go to an 11 o'clock wedding, but you get there at 12, and you realize you're still two hours early. Number three, anything can be carried on a motorcycle, a family of five, a pig, a fish, a windshield, whatever. And number two, people are so rich but yet have very little money and possessions there. And then number one, God is sovereign no matter what continent you're on. All right. So looking at the next one, obviously life has changed. You know, I grew up in this part of Georgia, and, you know, all the time before we had uh, not just a one-way ticket. I would come back after two months and, you know, after going there for the summers, knowing that, okay, I'm coming back after one more month. But this was much different in that I was going to stay. And so um, so uh, that was back in October. And so these, these are various things. If, you know, if you run out of money, you can always jump on the back of a taxi and get a free ride. Of course, there's that 80s song or 90s song free ride. Uh, and then this is anything on a boat of people. Uh, a boda is a motorcycle, and so that is uh, more expensive than a taxi ride because it can get you through jams much easier. But here's a huge fish, and the tail's dragging. And so, um, and then here, 
you know, let's count them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and the driver there. So uh, this this is this definitely is a record here. Typically, you would see four or five, but this is, yeah. And then I think back here, car seats, knee pads, elbow pads, you know, rollerblading or whatever. And then this is an Innocence uh, village. This is typically how Innocent grew up. And then, of course, this is one of our students that we traveled to visit. That's their kitchen. And, of course, whenever you're in the kitchen at our house and you lift a lid off the pot, you never know what you're going to get. And so uh, they enjoy it. The visitors, the visitors get the eyeballs, but I told them that Melissa and I have both lived there for some time, so we're no longer visitors. This is the new addition, Innocent. Uh, in, in fashion, we waited for nine months uh, for Dorothy to go into labor, and she was supposed to go into labor October the 4th. But, of course, in true Ugandan fashion, African time was much different. And when we landed, Melissa got a text saying that the baby arrived on Wednesday, and we were coming down the escalators into the airport. But uh, Melissa can pronounce it's Gamungo. Yeah, that which means trust God, and then Rennie Casey. And so Rennie is from a gentleman from uh, Griffin, Georgia, who oversaw the building being built uh, for the Royal School and Orphanage, and Innocent was the security guard there. And so Innocent and Rennie were very good friends, and Rennie discipled um Innocent, and then Rennie introduced Innocent to me 10 years ago this month, okay? So we're excited to have a new one. For the longest time, I just made, uh, I just started calling him Polycarp. So we've been, call, we've been referring to the baby as Polycarp, and Henson is still calling him Polycarp, so that might be his nickname. Okay, so Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And so these are six of our students, uh, Magisha Darius, Deo, um, Pius, Patrick, uh, John, and Henry. And so these are our, these are our students, um, Deo. And John are brothers. And I'll tell you a little bit about them. Uh, but the students are progressing. We accomplish the Gospel of John in the year. And so uh, it's been really good. We use more of a precept style teaching method. Minus all the circles and the different colors and everything. But we went word for word. And uh, the students were able to answer questions that... Melissa typed up various uh, questions using more of a K. Arthur type precept method teaching, and they were able to look back into God's word and um, answer the questions. So it really was uh, a great time in teaching and having them ask questions that, um, you know, I think a lot of people struggle sometimes there, really have the freedom of Christ. Um, and no longer slaves to sin. And so that was... Um, uh, Pat, uh, Magisha is finishing up S4. You go to six years, six years of secondary. So he's S4. He has two more. But at S4, they decide, okay, can he go toward a university or is he going vocational? If we decide vocational due to his grades, then he will not complete S5 and S6. Okay? Um Deo is currently in school. He's S3. Pius is S3. Patrick is at an institute of technology uh, where he has earned a diploma, and now he's going for a degree. Um, and John, he I'll tell you more about him. He's working at a wash bay, washing cars. Typically, it would take three or four hours to wash a car. They literally open up the car. Like basically, and they have to haul water. There's not like a hose. And so they literally wash the inside of a car like it was the outside. Like it's completely wet, soapy, everything. I'll never forget when I walked down and I saw the car and it had soap everywhere inside and then it dries out. You never want to close it because it gets odiferous if it 
you have to let it dry first before you close the doors. But, um, and he probably makes around $1.50 uh, per day, $2, and we'll tell you more about him. And Henry is up at the top. He's finishing high school next month. So we're looking forward to um, God's plan for him. So th- those were basically the updates. This is Patrick. He finished um, a diploma. Now he's going for a degree. This is Henry. This is on the rooftop of the house. And then Pius at Saroma. And then Magisha at Cherica High. Okay, these are two of the boys we uh, got. This is John at the wash bay. So he goes and hauls water. Uh, it's not like a, uh, you know, a nice car place here but they haul water and then they uh clean the car and uh this was at a um we did a 10k in uganda with all the students and then we went to the village and um um met his mom uh the father left and um has nothing to do uh with them uh, taking on another family um and and actually does not uh, causing problems for the family and so we'll leave it at that but uh, the father is acting very much not he's just um, causing problems for the family and so um, so we are John basically is what he I found innocent found them about three years ago washing cars at the wash bay he and his brother and John decided he would stay out of school. And wash cars. So his brother could go to school. And then what he makes, he sends it back to his mom. So immaculate. Ben and Fortunate can also try to go to school, but they're not currently in school now. So he works very hard there at the house and at the wash bay uh, to put his brother. Um, John is 18, and I wish I had that perspective when I was 18. Um, So um, that's John and Dale. We're very excited to have them at the house. And then we've just been continuing to teach the Gospel of John. Um, on s- uh, to give you an idea of a typical school day at John's school, they get up about 4.30 in the morning. And they start morning preps. And then around 6, they prepare themselves for school. And then they have porridge. They go to classes until 10. They have porridge at 10. Then they have school until about 1. Then they have lunch. And then they go back to school until 5. And between 5 and 6.30, they have free time to wash their clothes for their uniform or to, you know, do whatever. And then from 7.30 to 10 at night, they have night classes called revisions. And this is six days a week. But on Saturday, they get free time. They get three hours of free time. And um, so I started going to Deo school. And it's very humbling that when they come to hear God's word, because I tell you, if I had their school schedule, I wouldn't be in the classroom. I mean, I'd be playing football. I'd be running. I'd have freedom. If you think about that school day. And um, so this is that. Uh, Deo School. This is at Cherica High. Uh, Melissa will tell uh, more about her role at Cherica High also. Um, and this is uh, teaching uh, Magisha. Uh, I teach here Saturday. And then this is Thursday. And then uh, Innocent and I go on Saroma on Wednesday. So typically Innocent and I study God's Word on Monday for about three hours. And then uh, Tuesday um, uh, I teach a child, a student at Uganda Christian University, but he's been on internship for the past three or four months, so I haven't got to meet with him. And so this is just us continuing to teach in God's Word. And, you know, uh, 
we're there with a dual purpose. Uh, I, you know, I went in 2007 and prayed that year that I would never go back the same. And so now I look back out over the 10 years and see what God had um, just put at my feet and allowed me to do over these 10 years. Um, and so with the idea of the international church plant, uh, it's been very important that we're intentional in building relationships within the community. And this is, this is Christopher. He bakes bread. And so I just started buying bread from him about three days a week. Just go in there. How, how are you? Where are you from? I'm from eastern part, Tororo. That's where they go. Soroti. Uh, toward Kenya, and so I, I started building a relationship, and then he asked me what I was doing here, and I told him what I was doing, and then um, he wanted to meet and study God's Word, and so for about six months, we meet Wednesday morning, um, and we're at chapter 14, um, but you know, when you, when you invest like anywhere, when you invest in people's lives, uh, course they can bring various hardships over there and so I guess um, about three weeks ago was it about three weeks ago um, he let me know that his 34 year old brother passed away uh, leaving five kids behind 11 and under and then Christopher was having a problem with his chest and so you go over there and you try to pay money to a medical clinic and uh, they just diagnose malaria typhoid. And then you get on heavy uh, cordum or heavy drugs to fight those illnesses when you probably don't have it. Um, and so uh, I decided to go on and take Christopher to the clinic that Melissa and I go to. And uh, uh, they found out he's severe uh, diabetic. And sorry. And he has tuberculosis. And so, you know, there, you know, he lost his brother, tuberculosis. And then he finds out he's severe diabetic. But that smile is Christopher. And so in my mind, I'm looking at these things. And God has really taught me much about his abundant grace and his sovereignty no matter what continent you're on. And so, you know, so it's been amazing to meet Christopher and study with him and just see his faith in growing as a Christian. And so I, I'm just praying about those intentional. Th there's a, a cobbler that, we, that I pass by running. And, um, and so I've taken him a few times to get uh, shoes fixed and so just those in uh, getting the gas at the same place at total gas station and meeting intentional people within the community with the hopes that God's going to provide someone um, to be able to church plant because the the, um, the church need in, in SEDA uh, in, in, is abundant and so just being more intentional in uh, meeting those people. And it's been a blessing to know Christopher and uh, many people from um, um, throughout our area. Uh, this is uh, when, we, when the boys come for holiday. Some of them are still in secondary Okay, so we're transitioning them from secondary to vocational or university. And so whenever all of them are at the house because they're in boarding, pretty much everybody boards if you go to school in Uganda. So uh, uh, during uh, this is um, Darius making chapati. It's like a flat tortilla bread like. Um, and then one day we went out toward Jinja and uh, a, they're constructing a new bridge. And so the boys got to see a crane, you know, moving around for the first time. And, I mean, they were just, you know, just watching it in awe. And then this was a cultural show we went to. And then the race and us, uh, the students, of course, love eating. 
Uh, and this was another cultural show that we did. Um, so just looking at, you know, we, of course we had visitors. Here's the Innocent and Dorothy and Henson, and now they got a new addition, Rennie or Polycarp. Um, uh, this was Innocent and Dorothy welcoming um, Sovereign Hope, um, uh, pastor and deacon and wife, deacon, um, to Uganda. And it's always very encouraging uh, to see um, familiar faces on that side and just what Sovereign Hope has uh, continued to play throughout this year. Um, and I want to thank everyone for their prayers, uh, for the support. Um, I can't convey in any possible way my heart for the people. And it's been amazing to see how God has laid out everything. And I say that in all humility. I feel at times like, you know, when people say, I can't do that. I can't do that. But I don't see anything I'm doing as any kind of a sacrifice. I see it as a true privilege because of the, what the people have taught me in Uganda and also abundantly what God has taught me in this year about his grace. No matter what trial we face each day, God is there pouring out exactly what we need for that day. Any questions? Any questions? All right. I think Melissa's going to come up and tell you her vital role in um, keeping the books and teaching and building relationships. Oh. Sorry, I got one other thing. Innocent came up. Sorry. Innocent came up with six reasons you know you're living with Americans. So I told him what I I told him what I was doing. He was like, well, I got something for you guys. Okay, so this is from Innocent. Um, they're, uh, you know you're living with Americans when they're looking for dinner around 5.30, and we're setting charcoal so that we can eat by 9. Number five, you are asked what type of bird, what type of tree, what type of plant is this? Because they literally will say, it's a tree. It's a flower, you know. Number four, when you take them to the bank and they think that two hours is a long time to get cash. Number three, when they're handed a menu and they understand everything without taking a catering class. We, we, we'd go to a, a, a restaurant um, and Innocent is amazed that we could go through a menu and understand a menu. Because there, you know, menu is rice, beans, goat, fish. So, you know, entree, starter, dessert. He just, he can't believe, he thought we had catering classes to be able to go through these things. And then number two, um, when you make a plan to go to Kampala at 8 a.m., and they're waiting by the car at 7.55, but we're still asleep. Number one, when I've traveled on a long journey throughout the dusty roads and I can't wait to bathe, but they just want to sleep. There's some days that I don't care how dirty I am. I am not even thinking about bathing, just laying down and innocent, always laughs at me. Okay, so I'm so glad to be back and see everybody. Lots of new faces. So I'm Melissa, for those that don't know me. Um, <clears throat> so I started going to Uganda in the summers because I was teaching. Like 2013, was that like our first time? So that's how long I've been kind of connected with all this. But funny story with the whole bathing, even though you're really, really dirty. I have to wash my feet. My feet get dirty by like 9 o'clock. And I don't even know how because we just like mopped and swept everything at 7.30. 
So somehow my feet just get really, really dirty. But I will not bathe, but I will wash my feet. I have to, have to, have to. <laughs> or I can't sleep. So I guess maybe I'm like part Ugandan, part American. Um, but yeah, the top five and top ten list. It's pretty funny. So uh, met Dorothy Innocent in 2013. Patrick was there in 2013 and like was super quiet and didn't really speak and really shy. And now just to see the difference in him. Um, is amazing. And the fact that I remember being here as a member and us praying for the builders of the house. He was a builder helping out and now he's there at the house. And just to see, you know, just to see the change, it's amazing. Um, so I think whenever I'm just reflecting back, I just think Patrick and just am so thankful for the prayers before and just you can see how God has just put everything out. So um, a little bit about what I did for Grace was, I didn't take a picture of it because nobody wants to see that, but just the receipts and all the money. <laughs> and I have a love-hate with it. Like I love organizing it all because I like to organize, but it's so overwhelming sometimes because it's all cash. So you can't just like swipe your card and then get a statement. You have to go sit in a chair and wait for a statement to be printed and if you want to check on it. So the bank is interesting. But um, so, yeah, I keep up with the receipts and um, things like that. So let's see. I wrote down things and need to make sure. But the boys, um, I haven't taught the boys. That's Kristen Innocent. But I have really enjoyed just getting to know them. I just get to spend time with them. Um, I get to cook with them, ask them if they'll help me with help me with something the other day. I can start the charcoal stove. I've done it, but for whatever reason, the charcoal wasn't big enough. It was too small and so not enough air or something about it. And I was like, John, I can't do it. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> and I'm the American in me is like, we have to eat lunch at a certain time. Like, I'm going to be hungry, and I want to eat no later than 2 o'clock. And it was just time was going. So he came and got more charcoal and helped me get it going, and so just those times. When the boys come on holiday, it's always hectic because the house is a little bit quieter, it's less crowded, but then they come and it's great. Um, and the kitchen is busy and they're all cooking, and so I just enjoy getting to know them and talking with them, and um, so holidays are always nice because I get to see them then and kind of get to build that relationship with them that way, just kind of like, as an aunt, it's kind of nice. like it. Um, so here are some pictures of just some people around and some things that I've been doing, specifically with young ladies or women. So these girls are Shamim and Everbright, and then the one on the far left is Everbright's sister. And so I think they know Chris through the choir, um, the Ugandan Children's Choir is how... They came to know Innocent and Dorothy and Chris, and so they started coming to the house, and we did Bible study weekly. And so they would come, and I love to cook or do crafts and things like that, and so I would always have something for us to do. We made, I think, banana bread one time, and um, they would just help me cook. And so I know how to cook here, but they would say, no, you have to do it this way. So they were really, really sweet to help me you know, no, you have to get the saucepan completely dry. The oil has to be completely hot. So they were sweet. So it was a nice balance of us teaching each other and just hanging out and spending time. Um, and so we went through the book of John. We didn't get very far. And then some of our prayers were answered. They finally got jobs. So they wanted jobs to be able to help provide for their families. And so right now both of them are working, and they work five and six days a week. So sometimes it's hard with their schedule to get together, but I have seen them a few times. And thank goodness we have um, a texting app, and so it makes it a little bit easier for us to keep in touch. So I can kind of ask, how's your family? How's work? You know, what's, what's going on? But a funny story with them, they love guava, and we have this guava tree. And every single time they come, we have to get all the guava that's ready. And so I'm the one 
who is pulling the branches down, and I'm not very tall, so I don't know how I got this job. But I think it's because they're better at like knocking the guava out. So I pull all the branches down, and I'm holding them as low as I can, and then they're knocking all the guava, and they take a bag home with them every time. So it's kind of funny. I'm like, are you ready for your guava? And so we just get guava before they go. That's actually under, no, that's the mango tree. So that's a picture recently. And so here are the girls at Chirica High School. So Chris mentioned that. That's where Mogisha goes to school. So I have a group of about 20 to 25 uh, girls that come. And so um, it's been really great to have all of them in there because I'm slowly getting to know them a little bit better. Slowly remembering their names, which um, is hard. Like I really need like a roster. But just all their faces, they're always happy to be there. They're always ready to go. Um, and the thing I love is they've started asking questions. So the first, you know, like month or so, they really just will sit there and listen, and, and then they go. And I'm like, you can come talk to me about anything, ask me questions, you know. I'll try and be here a little bit early. I'll try and stay a couple minutes. Um, and so one by one, they'll slowly ask me more questions. They'll slowly, you know, ask for advice or just can you look up this, and if I don't know it, I'll try and find it out. But a funny story with them is that one isn't the selfie, but I was trying to take a selfie with them. So I'm like this, and they're all behind me, and all of a sudden, everybody's touching my hair. And I was like, girls, what are you doing? And they just laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. And I just thought, you know, I take for granted, I forget that I look different and that my hair is different and everything until they do something like that. And then it reminds me, you know, they're, they're older young girls, but still, they wanted to touch my hair, and I think it's so fun. And so they all touched my hair before they left, and we had a good laugh. So it's just building that relationship with them and getting to know them better. So um, hopefully when I go back in January, some of them will still be there, and I can keep in touch with them and see them. But So we're going through the Book of John also, and we're on, I think, Chapter 7 or 8 with them. So there's all them. Little smiling faces. Um, and then there's Dorothy. That was the day we went and the boys watched the crane. <laughs> they literally stood by the river and stared at it all afternoon, which was nice because Dorothy and I just sat under the tree and talked and talked and talked. So it was a nice little day trip. So Dorothy and I do Bible study, studying the book of John, and um, just hanging out at the house. So we will cook together. We usually, I'm like, okay, what do we need? What are we out of? What do you want me to go get at the market? Um, and so we usually talk about that. She's so good at getting, like, our bulk food. She knows. She knows the prices. She knows what it should be. She knows how to do it. So she just um, is great to ask questions and is always helpful um, with that. I can always depend on her to tell me how it should be so that, you know, I get it right. But, um one day we went to the saloon. She was getting her hair done. I was getting my hair done. They call it the saloon, but it's the salon. By the way, sorry, I said saloon, but it's that Ugandan English. Um, and so we went, and I was like, I'm just going to let them do whatever they want to my hair. It's okay. And she just, she wanted to go. It was towards the end of the pregnancy, and she just needed, you know, women need to be pampered. And so she was pampering herself. I was like, I'll go. So it was kind of fun. We did that together. But um, one thing I've loved about our Bible study time is she has really, really gotten into a study Bible. So getting to read those notes and how do you use that and how do you use the footnotes, uh, I mean the cross-references in the middle. And so that's been really encouraging to see um, that with Bible study. And then also she has just challenged me and encouraged me just in how she prays. I think, you know, there's strengths of everybody and just the way she is so focused on, have you prayed about it? And let's pray about it. And let's, and it's prayer, prayer, prayer. And so I'm like, yeah, I've prayed. But then I think, have I really prayed? And so she's, she's that person for me that just always reminds, um, reminds me about prayer. And um, I think that's probably culturally. They just have such an emphasis on prayer. Um, which I know me personally, I don't put enough on. And so I love, I love her for that. Um, 
there's so much more I could say, but I have to keep going. And then here are several uh, women from our church. So we go to Berea Baptist, and I love it. It's like I feel like I can breathe on Sundays going. It feels just enough like home with the music, and it's a small church, and everybody is welcoming. Everybody remembers your name. Everybody remembers what you told them last week. Um, and it's just amazing. And so I have just loved getting to know the women at the church. They text me, ask me questions. It's just been nice to have that group who encouraged me. And our Bible study time during church is so good. But here are a few of them. The top left is Rebecca. And so I had a, they do a women's fellowship every month. And so I hosted one one month. And so she came. And so it was nice having them all in Seda getting to come and spend time. And then the other one, um, actually, Charity, on the far left in the blue necklace, she did an internship in the States, actually, with Molly. So um, that was really, really neat. I loved, you know, I don't even know how long we'd been there, but then I met Charity and had her to the house to visit, and we were just talking. And all of a sudden, it was, I know someone who was in an internship, like, but it can't be the same one. Like, I don't really know the name of it. I don't even remember where she is. But do you know Molly? And she went, yes, I know Molly. And so it was just God going, Melissa, this is a new friend. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> so it was just so great. So there's Charity and Shalom. And Shalom just had a baby. And I think he, she is seven weeks old now. And then there's Rihanna on the bottom. She took me fabric shopping. So I appreciated that. We took a taxi and went fabric shopping in Kampala. And she's real sweet. And then Mary. And so I've been able to, I got to do a baby shower there. So that was fun. And um, I have just enjoyed building relationships with the women at church. And so it's just been, it's been nice. Let's see. And then here are two of Dorothy's best friends. They live right by the house. We can walk to their house. Um, Evelyn is on the left. And Prima is on the right. And so they call each other by, like, their child's name. So Dorothy is Mama Parwat or Mama Henson. And so Evelyn is Mama Joel, and Prima is Mama Joshua. Um, so sometimes I say Mama whatever, and sometimes I use their names. But they are two of the sweetest women ever. They're quiet, but they're funny, and they're sweet, and they're hardworking. And it's... Um, they come and just work. You know, it's kind of like we come and hang out and we cook together, but they will, like, work without being asked. They just pick up something, um, and they're really sweet. They've been welcoming to me. They're helpful with Dorothy. They're just really, really, really sweet friends. And um, I think the biggest thing with them is that they have so much joy and so much peace no matter their circumstances. And I know their circumstances and for me, I don't know if I would be that happy. I would be frustrated and, you know, worried. And they don't even seem worried about it. They're just completely trusting that the Lord will provide. And when I ask them, how are you doing? They're like, the Lord will provide. Everything is good. So just the fact that they have very, very little, and they just have so much joy and peace with it. Um, and they just completely trust that God will provide. And he has. So, you know, they're seeing that worked out, and I have the privilege of getting to see it through them, of it being worked out. It's my reminder that, no, God will take care of it. Like, you know, it's not that bad. He will, he will take care of it. So it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Um, and then with them, we have a neighbor who's Muslim um, and doesn't speak much English. And so I kind of have made it this personal goal of mine to learn enough Lugandan that not that I can just get in a taxi and I, you know, know what to say or I can go to the market and get what I need to get, but that I can, like, talk to this neighbor, ask her how her son is doing, like, have some kind of conversation. Because I can have a little bit, but it's just still real hard. Um, so that's my goal as far as being in the community. Most of them speak Lugandan, and so I go to the market and I have two girls that are super sweet. They always they know what I want. They're like, do you want this today? Do you want that today? And um, so I enjoy getting to see them. 
um, and they're very helpful because I don't know how much it should cost, and they help me. And then there's some girls at a supermarket right there in Seda that I'll go and get a bottle of water or an apple, and I'll always speak to them. So I talk with them and kind of see them a couple times a week, and so I'm enjoying slowly getting to know them, just talking, just talking and hanging out. And while I'm waiting for my Boda, my motorcycle, to come get me to take me to the house, um, I'll stand out there, and so we just kind of talk. So um, I guess that's about it. I think that's all I had. But, um, yeah, funny story, Dorothy and I went and took driving lessons. We went to driving school. And so I was like, I know I know how to drive, but it's just so much easier to let Chris and Innocent drive. <laughs> just let them drive. And I really, really appreciate them driving. Um, but we needed to go to driving school. And so it was just funny because my driver um, was so excited the first time I went. And I, you know, was like, hey, how are you? And was kind of nervous. And he was excited. He's like, this is the first Mzungu white person that I've ever, that I've ever taught. And I was like, I'm, he said, I'm going to have to tell my mom. <laughs> I said, okay, tell her hi for me, you know. And he was like, okay. And so it was just funny that, you know. So we've had a lot of little things we've gotten to do together. It's just there's so many funny little things like the fish head. You never really know what, like I always open it like this, like what's inside. Um, everything's just different but the same at the same time. You know, like you cook, but it's just a little bit different. And you drive, but it's just a little bit different. Um, sometimes it's very, very different. And it's been great to be with Dorothy and Innocent and have them lovingly full of grace and mercy just you know teach me now this is how we do it and you know slowly show us but it's been good so that's I think that's the last picture but does anybody have any questions for me about the girls or keeping receipts and records <laughs> <laughs> the exchange rate is like 35,000 no 3,500 shillings to one U.S. dollar so my special treat every day is popcorn, and it costs one thousand. What is your special treat? You're always like, I always want. Fanta orange. Fanta orange. I don't, I, and I did drink sodas back here, but something about that Fanta orange. I mean, I like popcorn, but it's, I think just because it tastes normal, like it tastes as like as it should, you know. That every day I want popcorn. Tyson, did you have your hand up? How long does it take you to get to your church? Yeah, I might have missed that. It takes about an hour. Like, I feel like everything's about an hour. But, yeah, it's about an hour to get there. Mm -hmm. I was going to also say the gardens have been really good. We just uh, planted corn. They say maize. We planted maize, corn, well, maize, <laughs> uh, okra, onions, peanuts, and beans. So we're been able to take those to area with us that we've uh, um, went uh, and built relationships with. The, the uh, Muslim lady, Mama Sibylla, uh, um, we went one time, I took the boys up there to help her dig, and uh, Innocent went up there, and another time I went to help her dig one day, but it was just weeding, it wasn't digging the plant, but weeding, and Innocent came up and said, Men don't weed. I'm like, okay. And so he, he said that he said that jokingly to me because he knew I was just gonna keep helping her. But she she was just laughing the whole time. She couldn't speak any English and I couldn't communicate with her, but she was just laughing so much that I was digging beside her. But um, we're just praying for her uh, because I think uh, she was uh, a Christian before and then she married a Muslim and he since died, he is actually who we bought the land from. So we've been pretty close with them, and so we're praying. And, and the, the two women here, we're talking about uh, provisions for day-to-day -day meals. And so to see them just light up, I mean, with nothing. And it's just God's joy, peace, and grace, which is abundant there, and has taught me how you just keep giving because then they gave us 
like the sweetest gift before we left. And I was just like, a pair of socks, which socks would have been probably about 2,000 shillings, which could have easily been a meal. Yeah. And so a lot of them, they both just dig, like have their own gardens um, and eat from that. And then, you know, share with each other. They're so good about bringing us things. And so then Dorothy's great about sharing what we have been given um, to them. And so, yeah, it's daily. It's what what will tomorrow bring. And they just wait for tomorrow. And God always provides. Um, yeah, Mama Sabila has been so great. The maize, the garden really has been great to see. Because the maize, we ate it when it was fresh, and then we picked all of it when it wasn't as fresh and dried it. And then drying it, we can make, it's kind of like the corn nuts. You know those like hard corn nuts? It's basically what they did with some of it. And then you can dry it and then put it with beans and eat it as a, it's just, I think we might still have some corn from last harvest season. And it's already growing for this next time. So really the garden's, um, are so great to have. You just see it just abundantly. I guess just future prayer request would be uh, we're still, our desire is still to be, uh, to build a women's facility. So just provisions and the God's timing on that. Uh, protection for the boys and the home and the school finishing up the uh, term well. Uh, and just his daily provisions. The first two girls in that first picture are two that I think, you know, when we have a girls' program, they're hard workers. They had good grades. Um, and so just keep keep praying about girls that I will meet and that God will send the right ones and that, you know, we'll have discernment in who and, and then when, when to build and when to grow that. So, yeah. Funny story. I decided to take Henson for the first time uh, by myself in the car, just down to Seda, just down to the hill uh, to get some milk. And now, now, thankfully, we have a milkman that drives his bicycle every morning for Dorothy and them to have milk. But uh, we went down one evening, and I parked, and then I was coming back. I was in my lane, and a taxi just overtook, came head on with me. And so I just stopped, and he, he just broadsided me from the front to the back, just dented the whole thing. And so he started continuing to go. He was not going to stop. And so, but just when I run every day, I go by these group of boda boda drivers, and they know me. I always greet them, and they got out and uh, with another guy named Paul stood in front of the taxi took the guy's keys so he couldn't go any further. <laughs> and then the cops come, they take my keys, take uh, the, uh, the other driver's keys, and they both take us to the police across the street. Well, when you're in an accident there, you negotiate there, and you get the money on the spot. If you don't get the money on the spot, you're done. And so anyway, four and a half hours later, I'm able to get the keys to my car and go back home. So it's, then we got the money, but they had to go out and raise the money in the village. So it's just, you know, and of course I didn't have my phone on me. So this is the first time I'm learning, okay, so you just don't file it with your insurance over here. Definitely a teacher. Oh, Henson was with me the whole time, and then I knew a boater driver, and I, I said, go up to the house, get in, and tell Henson to come on down here. I need some... Exactly. Somebody to help negotiate. <laughs> I needed 500,000 shillings, and the guy had 20,000. So we needed more. Anna, did you have a question? I, Chris answered it about oh. the women, where you were with the women, yes. bringing the women over. So just waiting on God to provide and have the land, right? We had the land. The land's bought for. We're just uh, praying. You know, trying to figure out operational costs, what we have now, and what we, I mean, to me, we're doing very well financially, but, you know, not enough. It, we're looking to build the place for 80,000, 80,000 uh, U.S. dollars, a facility. Uh, 
Uh, I think right now we have 90,000. Uh, I mean, I'm open with everything. So, but the operational cost versus when do you start building, I mean, we have enough to build it, but what about the operational cost? So just trying to get the, and I'm not a math person, so that's why I've got great board members that, um, you know, we're just praying about the right time. And, and everything we've done, I've always had a piece of that, and I don't currently have a total piece about that time starting in, you know, starting in the spring. I mean, I, uh, God will lay a piece of these just laid out everything. So, you know, if my hands were totally on it, it'd be messed up. <laughs> Anybody else? Any other questions? You think of it, we're around. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for sharing. Um, like I said, we'll have our fall fellowship tonight, but Chris and Melissa are going to be home for about three months, so we got a lot of time to spend with them. And as we've been talking over the last couple of weeks, we really want to encourage y'all to reach out to them and spend time with them. I know they'll be in and out of town visiting people, but um, as much as possible for us to show a lot of hospitality uh, to them as we can. Um, really giving them a time of refreshment uh, while they're home. And, uh, we're going to be meeting with them individually and even together as leadership to get a better idea of how we can continue to help support them um, after the things they've learned this past year. So uh, we'll be meeting with them soon, and that'll give us a chance to give you further feedback um, about what our involvement, how we can continue to serve and support them moving forward uh, books as well. So uh, we'll give you that information soon, too. All right. I'm going to pray for us, and then, uh, like I said, tonight, Fall Fellowship, uh, looking forward to hanging out together um, at 5 o'clock. Um, all right, let's pray. Lord, we love you so much, and we just praise you and thank you for Chris, Melissa, the things that have been accomplished for your kingdom over the past year, and we just thank you so much for the, the love and support that has been given to them to make this past year possible, not just through our church, but individuals and other churches as well. God, I pray that these next three months would be extremely encouraging for them, um, that you would allow them to rest and to, uh, to just really enjoy time at home, that it would be a spiritual refreshment, a physical refreshment. I pray that, as Chris even mentioned, that you would continue to give clarity and direction uh, for Grace for Education moving forward. Um, some of the timing of, of things that have been talked about, God, I pray that you would uh, solidify those plans in a time that makes sense to you and your plans. And, uh, Lord, we just thank you for the chance to have them home. Uh, we thank you for the safety that you've given to them. God, I pray that we would be able to enjoy them as well during their time here. Uh, God, I pray that it would be just an opportunity for us to serve them and to, to do whatever we can to help encourage them. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Hope Church podcast. We trust that you've been encouraged by the word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at www.sovhope.org. Again, that's www.sovhope.org.